Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Hey guys, Dustin here with another episode of the Finding Backcountry podcast. And uh, yeah, this one is going to be a good one, I think. You know, I've got a a guy on that... uh, I don't know that we had we been following each other, Clint, for very much. Like uh, I, you kind of popped up out of. It's just crazy, man, how long social media has been around, and like as many yeah. people are, you know, into what we do, and guys like you still just pop up, man. Like I just kind of came across you all of a sudden, and uh, I could tell right off though we're going to be homies. I think. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, got. Uh, Got my buddy Clint on. Clint, why don't you give just a quick like the little bio and then um you know the the one and a half minute who you are and where you're from. Yeah, absolutely, man. Pumped to be on. Uh found you just on a podcast app. Honestly, like found found the podcast and, and loved it <laughs> and started following you, you know, and uh, you know, kinda just the adventures, you know, you and your brother go on and and, and your buddies and stuff and uh yeah, man, just just like-minded guys, and uh, no, I'm from uh, born and raised here in Ohio. Um, farm farm boy, farm kid, grew up playing playing sports and chasing whitetails and turkeys around, and uh, picked up a bow. And I was like uh, like 10, 10 or eleven. Started out with the uh, traditional game recurve and stuff, and found out what a compound was and how much uh, easier that was to be, uh, I guess, be proficient at. <laughs> and uh i've just honestly not haven't put it down uh so i've been uh bow only for about eight or nine years and uh got into writing when i was uh in college always wanted to always loved magazines always loved articles um always wanted to kind of get into the writing game so i've been doing that now for this is my third year full time with peterson's bow hunting um writing for them and then do quite a bit of freelance work for um you know, a bunch of other publications and a lot of blog work and stuff online. And, uh, but yeah, day job, County highway engineer. Um, I work for the highway department building roads and bridges and stuff. So that's a pretty cool gig for me. I'm done every day at three 30. Um, got two little guys at home. So that schedule works out great with getting to spend a lot of time with them and never miss any sports or school stuff. And, uh, I mean, my dad grain farm, um, and run beef cows. So yeah, I stay, uh, Stay pretty busy, but uh, I think the busy life's the good life. So uh, that's kind of kind of the little uh, little rundown on me. Um, yeah, I stay uh, I stay felt, pretty busy. <laughs> I felt I felt like in the you know in the last like couple of weeks since I've been stalking you on social media, I felt like you're like exactly how I would be if I lived in Ohio. If that makes sense. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like you, uh, you know, it's like you definitely get after it on the white tail because that's probably what you grew up doing and you know it and it's like yep. your thing. But you've got this, you know, you've clearly gained this huge passion for uh, Western hunting and the high country and mule deer and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, you just, you look like exactly how I would live my life if I was in Ohio. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's it's fun being in the Midwest. I mean, you know, like growing up and, and you know, being on the farm and stuff. And I mean, it was, uh, you know, it's been awesome to live here. But as I've gotten older, you know, I'm just like, man, like you, I started to kind of think, you know, gosh, you know, there is more to the bow hunting world than just uh, or even just the hunting world in general than chasing turkeys and whitetails here. So I started kind of venturing off and did some solo public land stuff in, you know, like some surrounding states, Kentucky and Illinois and some stuff that was just, you know, I could be be anywhere in any of those states within a couple hours and uh, just really fell in love with that. Just liked jumping in my truck and taking off for a weekend and all right, you know, going to live out of my truck and, and do that. And, and, you know, I really fell in love with that, like in high school. And uh, then I started kind of branching out a little more and I'm like, man, this Western stuff, I'm like, gosh, this, this looks, you know, it, it looks so great. It was so intriguing because I knew nothing about it. You know, uh, you just, I mean, here it's a tree stand blind, you know, it's a huge cat and mouse waiting game. You know, you're trying to calculate their next move in hopes that they, they walk by and then you go out and start playing like the spot and stock game and the glassing game. And I just fell in love with that. Cause I'm like, it's so polar opposite. Like there's similarities, but it's such a different type of adventure and hunt that I'm like, man, I gotta, I, I need to like cut my teeth. So I just kind of dove in, um, just kind of just kind of jumped in and, and just went for it and uh kind of fell in love with the solo thing uh first colorado trip by myself i got in the high country and i i honestly thought i had like died and went to heaven i'm just like this has been around for 20 some years of my life and i'm just now getting here figuring <laughs> this out like i'm like man like what have i been missing <laughs> so so real real quick though, I want to back up a little bit because I, I mean that's that's definitely what I want to get into is just kind of how you approach the Western hunts and stuff like that. But I'm curious, yeah. um, you know, you, you mentioned the Petersons bow hunting, and yeah. it sounded like you know when you when we first started chatting, you had a new bow and stuff like that. How did you yeah. how did you kind of get tied into that um, that Petersons bow hunting thing and and what uh, what does that entail? So I mean, pretty much just kind of throughout, I'd say, I don't know, probably when I was in like high school and stuff, I, I just really, uh, back then, I mean, the video stuff was just starting to get really big and I kind of jumped into to that game with some local guys and, um, you know, did a couple hunting DVDs and, 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 and I enjoyed it. It was fun, but it was kind of a, it's kind of a, a game where like you had to rely on like a group of people and you had to kind of rely on like, you know, a, a guy filming you or trying to solo film yourself, which was fun. But I don't know. I, I just, I, I really kind of started to migrate towards like, I'm like, man, you know, I'd love to be in the hunting industry. Like not necessarily like trying to, you know, quote unquote hunt for a living. I know everybody throws that term around and I mean, realistically, no one like gets paid to hunt. It's, it's more of you get, you know, paid to, you know, be in the industry, not yeah. more or less just a hunt, but I wanted to try to, you know, get into the industry somehow. And I just kind of gravitated towards the writing. Cause I'm like, you know, it's kind of a sink or swim thing. Like what I put into it's what I'll get out of it. If I write, you know, solid quality articles and take good photos and I send that stuff in and get it in their hands of the right people sooner or later, someone's going to take a chance on me and be like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll give this, this guy from Ohio a shot and let him write a few articles for us and see what happens. So yeah, kind I mean, of, I, 
So I, cause, and, and that interests me a lot because I get this uh, message the other day from, you know, a, a kid that follows the page or not a kid, but you know, a guy, yep. young, young kid, young guy, yep. probably in his twenties and talking about, um, you know, asking me kind of how I got the job that I have, you know, working yep. in just, you know, completely opposite of bow hunting, obviously long range rifles, but, yep. um, still, from the outside looking in, it's a way to be kind of in the industry. Uh, oh yeah, you know, right? And and that that was that was the first thing that I realized is you know as I'm messaging this guy back and forth is you know well what what is your perception of like being in the industry? Well, and it was yeah. kind of it was kind of the answer of like well I want to be hunting. Okay, well we all do. Um, right. Right. And and that's fine. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I did a podcast with um Jim Shockey months ago, even probably a year ago, and I was really picking at him about, you know, his perception of how guys, you know, can do what he does. And it was like and you know, and his answer is like, listen, man, like if you want to just hunt, that's fine, but you better prepare be prepared to just hunt. And you know, and that reality yeah. alone, even for me. I am not a guy. I don't care how much free time I had. I don't think I'm a guy that could just hunt six months of the year. Like some of these guys, you know, the Remy Warrens and the Donnie Vincents and the guys who are like literally hunting for their living. And that's what they get paid to do. That's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that these, some of us that are kind of more, more weekend warriors have this perception that, like, oh man, it would be sure be nice, but when push comes to shove, like nobody wants to be away from their family that that much. It's tough. It's you know you're living out of a tent or a hotel or driving in the truck or whatever. And so, yep. And so fast forward to kind of what we're talking about. You know, my advice to this to this guy was, what do you you know what 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 is one of these fringe things that you do want to do? Because for me, this is perfect. Like, and I'm sure it is for you, just to have that little. Yep. Like, Hey, like I've got my hand in the, in the industry enough that I'm in it, but I'm not, you know, it's not like you have to be sitting in a tree stand, you know, every day or on the road hunting, you know, mule there if you don't want to be, I guess, but. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and my, my kind of whole thought process on it was, okay, you know, uh, I can, can write and, and basically be able to do everything I need to do like right at home or i mean honestly i do and everyone thinks i'm crazy but i write 90 percent of my blog work article work everything on my phone i'll be at work on lunch break and i'll just write a paragraph save it and i might not get back to it for a day or two but i know my deadline's coming up in 10 days and i'll just periodically you know just keep chipping away at it so i mean like it works out great for my life and when i kind of started this in college I kind of set myself up with, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm really going to hammer this hard for 10 years. And if I'm not quote unquote, making money to where it's like, I'm self-sustaining myself. Like I'm, I'm chasing this dream of being in the industry. And and I, and I really, really, like I said, I navigated towards the writing and I'm like, man, I'd love to write full time for one of, you know, the, the bigger bow hunting, you know, magazines and publications. And I just kept writing and just kept sending. I mean, I, how, how many, how, how many, and, and I, uh, I probably know the general answer to this, but like how long or how many times did you write articles? I mean, I would bet the first seven or eight years, I mean, I bet I sent 
at least 15 or 20 a year and got one or two as far as like a taker. Mm -hmm. And it was like a freelance thing. You know, I mean, I, I can remember sending Kurt Wells <clears throat> with uh, over at Bowhunter. I can remember sending him. Oh, I mean, he had to get he I think he honestly, truly gave <laughs> me a shot because he just got tired of seeing my name pop up on his email. And I think he was just like, OK, like this, this, this hoodlum from this Ohio, going I'm going to, yeah, like he won't, he just won't stop. Like I'm going <laughs> to have to. So finally I got him on the phone one day and, uh, he's like, Hey man, you know, I, I, I really like this idea. And, uh, he's like, I'd like you to, you know, kind of, I, I pitched him kind of an idea, you know, and, and long story short, he's like, you know, I, I'd like you to send me, you know, 2000 words and, you know, seven, eight photos, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh man, that's awesome. You know? And he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, you know, not, not trying to be mean. He's like, not saying that the rest of your work hasn't been good or I didn't like it or whatever, but he's like, you know, in the, in the writing world, there's so many guys that have been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years that are established that it's, it's kind of hard to like, break in. I guess, break in and get your foot in. And, um, so got one in there and then did, did a few more like the following year for deer and deer hunting and then got hooked up with Christian Berg over at over at Peterson's, I, I killed a killed my biggest whitetail to date back in 2016 on opening night of bow season, and um, I'm good buddies with uh, with Levi Morgan. He lives over in Pennsylvania, not too far from me, and I'd been messaging him about this buck all summer, and killed him opening night. And he's like, dude, he's like, you need to. He's like, I'm telling you, he's like, Peterson's would take that. He's like, that's an awesome story. You got two years of history. So long story short, I call up. Christian Berg, the editor, and never talked to the guy in my life. I just call him up and I'm like, hey man, I got your number from Levi. And long story short, we hunt two or three times a year. He brings his son out every year in turkey season and youth deer season. And it's just been, it's just snowballed, you know, best of friends. And now this is my third year writing for them full time. So I'll have uh, seven, eight articles for them every year and then still freelance for, you know, I send stuff into good buddies with Todd Helms and Brian Barney over at Eastman's hunting journal and and you know do stuff for them and um ship some stuff still to kurt over at bow hunter and still deer and deer hunting but yeah it's it's, it's funny you know <clears throat> it just it took like seven or eight years to yeah and it's, you know break into it and then it's like it just took off and now it's like i've honestly got to turn people away because i've got like almost you know too much work like i think this year i'll have like 14 or 15 in print you know, publications that'll actually go out in print this year. And it's like, you know, it took me seven or eight years to get like one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, well, it's and, funny how it, and the, funny how it works. Yeah. And the moral of that story that I hear is like, man, like, you know, you better, A, you better be ready to grind and B, in order to grind, yep. it better, it better be what you're actually passionate about. You know, you better yep. be the, the huge you know, the huge thing that, that is so, I think social media has, I don't, I don't believe that it started. I believe that it um, it exposed and it magnified what was already there is is this um, because I, I think people have been like this since since the beginning of whatever hunting or, you know, time or whatever, um, wanting to, you know, wanting to like be exposed and have exposure. Right. It's just that 40 years ago it was all there was was magazine articles and now there's yep. Instagram posts. But but you better be passionate about it, meaning. If you better be doing something that you would be doing if there was no spotlight and no one was watching and there was no social yep. media and there was no YouTube and there was nowhere to write a magazine article. 
you better be into something <laughs> that you would be doing no matter what. And I guarantee you, because I know you, because we're the same guy, you'd be doing exactly what you're doing because you just love doing it, you know. And I that's that's the first caution is, um, you know, make sure that you're in it for the right reasons because some some people aren't, some people aren't, and you can, you know, most of us can can sniff those people out, and that's what causes a lot of controversy and a lot of you know, of these Instagram pages that are after, you know, exposing people or whatever for, you know, for what the way they're approaching things. But, but then the, the last thing too, that I wanted to point out is it's, it, I mean, did it feel like this for you where it's like, you know, and I, and I don't like, I'm not saying that I've made it or broken into the industry, but, but in a way it's like, once you get that first, like, okay, like someone gives you the chance after your seven years of grinding, doesn't it just feel like you're kind of like in and it's like, oh, well now I've got connections to this guy and this person and this company and this company and this company. And, and you start rubbing shoulders with all these people. And it's like, you know, it's like all of a sudden you're just kind of like in and you feel like you have, you, you know, like you could, you know, if you couldn't write somewhere, you could write somewhere else, you know, tomorrow or whatever. Like, is that making sense? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it like to to finally to finally open up a magazine and like see my name, you know, story article by Clint Casper and my photos and and my actual like work there in front of me for me to look at. I mean, it was yeah, I mean, you it to me that day, it was like I won the Super Bowl. I mean, that was my, you know, even though it was literally an article that was a couple hundred bucks and realistically not that big of a deal to anybody but me, but to me, like that was, uh, you know, opening that up and seeing up on page 26, here's a, you know, four page spread from Clint Casper on uh, how to hunt the rut, you know, for whitetails or whatever that day that I got to do that. Like that was like me catching the game winning touchdown with mm -hmm. two seconds left in the fourth quarter in the wow. Super Bowl. I mean, that was, you know, that was like the moment that it kind of, it kind of hit. And I'd been chasing that for a long time, but then it's funny because like once you get to that point and like you said, you kind of break in, then, then I'm, I'm like, man, you know, I can do it. Like I, I, I did it. And, and now I want to like sustain it and, and continue to like, okay, so I, 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 I'm in the door. Like I can now see into the next room, but I want to get in the room now, you know, I'm in the door now. How do I get, and then it, it just, it, you know, it was just kind of a snowball thing. And that's, that ties into the Western Western hunting, because for me, I'm like, okay, you know, my name's out there. People know that I can bow hunt and kill turkeys and whitetails and, and, and I can go on public. I can go on private. I'm, I'm, I've, I can write about that stuff. How do I distinguish myself? Like, that's kind of how I started thinking of, I was like, okay, if I want to go to the next level, um, how do I basically come forward in full circle and, and appeal to an editor and be like, man, I, like, I can't, I can't let this kid get away. Like I've, I need to, you know, I need to have him right here all the time. Cause I don't want his work going anywhere else. And that kind of tied into the Western stuff. I'm just like, man, if I could get good at, you know, hunting out West and, and, and not obviously, you know, those hunts with the low success rates. I mean, not every time are you going to go on a trip and, and fill a tag. I mean, that's just, that's, that's bottom line. Like that's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, but I've, I've got years of data proving that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. So I'm just like, you know, but that kind of tied into the writing thing. I'm just like, man, how awesome would it be if I could start 
kind of writing about these Western bow hunting adventures. And it, it, it might take me a while to get it all figured out, but that kind of gives me another avenue. Now I'm not just tied to a Midwest turkey whitetail guy, but hey, I need an antelope article or hey, man, can you talk about backcountry bow hunting and, and how to do it on a budget or kind how of- to live in Ohio, but East scout out West. And, and it's like, so I, 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 you know, I dove into that game with kind of this plan of like, okay, kind of learn become, it, document become the, it, become the Swiss yeah. army, the Swiss army. Knife, yeah. You know? yeah. That's, then that was kind of like my, you know, my, uh, I guess in my head, I'm just like, yeah, this is crazy. Like you're, you're just going to jump in your truck and go to a trailhead in Colorado that you found on Google earth and, and, uh, go hunt and Onyx and, and just go for it. And like, I remember my mom and dad just being like, <laughs> that's, that's absurd. Like there's, there's nobody does this. And I'm like, Oh yeah, lots of people do it. It's just, you don't know. It's just, you don't know about it because we live in Ohio, but actually like thousands of people do this. It's okay. Like I promise you, I'm not the only guy that's going to be in unit, whatever in the high country in Colorado on August 28th. I promise you, I'm not going to be the only one. Trust me. (laughs) What, uh, so what was your, what, what were some of the biggest, um, eye-openers or misperceptions that you had from, you know, this, the, the summer right before you kind of jumped into that Western yep. backcountry bow hunting. And then, at, you know, the, the, you know, by November the next year, when it, all the dust had settled, what was like, Oh man, I totally didn't see that coming. Um, I think the, the biggest, I would say that the, the, probably the biggest thing that really set apart in my eyes from the whole just trying to learn how to bow hunt you know out west in the western states and 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 play that game just because it's so much different than here at home um is the mental okay yeah go ahead yep just the mental aspect i mean here like you know, there's, there's times where I've had to, you know, I've had to hunt dark till dark, you know, for 16, 17 days in a row during the rut to get us, you know, cause I'm chasing a certain buck and, you know, in November, I mean, the whole, my whole mindset is spend every minute of every day that you can in daylight in a, in a tree. And, but every night I know I'm coming home, I get to come home and I get to, you know, the kids and I've got the house and you've got comforts and it's like hit reset. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a mental grind. I mean, you're standing on a 24 by 24 platform, 20 feet in the ground for 12 hours. I mean, day after day after day. after. I mean, yeah, it, that's tough, no doubt. But when I went out there and did my first solo backcountry hunt to Colorado chasing mule deer, the, the biggest eye opener for me was just, <clears throat> I mean, mentally, if you're not in it, it's game over. I mean, at any point in time, if you mentally let yourself slip away, yeah. you're in trouble. You'll be walking, I mean, you'll be walking oh, yeah. out, out the yeah. trailhead and all of a sudden yeah. you're at the truck driving oh, yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's a, it is a mental game for me. Um, for sure. I mean, I, I, I mean, yes, it, it's, it's great if you're in shape and it's great if you can run five miles and it's great if, if you can deadlift and squat a bunch of weight and all that stuff. Yes. But I will take the guy who's out of shape, but is mentally tough as nails any day over the guy who's an ultra trail runner, but mentally in the back country can't be by himself or let's, 
doubt and fear creep in because that guy's in trouble. I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's, but that's intriguing to me. See like that, that aspect of this whole game is what has led me to love solo bow hunting out there so much is it's, it's, it's me versus me. I mean, it really is, you know, for that's how I look at it is it's not me versus the mountain. It's not me versus the mule deer. It's me versus me. If I can keep my head in the game, I have no doubt I'm going to punch this tag. I'm going to get it done. But it's, it's like, that's the, that's the biggest thing that I've found. And, and I tell people all the time, it sounds crazy, but you are your biggest hero or you are your worst enemy out there. And it, and only you can choose that. And I think once I grasped that, um, things started to click a lot, you know, that, that first solo hunt, I mean, that was, a there, there, I mean, just walking in a million emotions, anxious, nervous, scared. I mean, like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, you're going into this and I'm just like, this is going to be awesome. And then you get three, four miles in and you're like, man, I, sh- I hope nothing happens. I mean, I, I, I think I'm good. Like I, I should be good. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. And then three days click off, four days click off. And you're like, huh, haven't talked to anybody and a <laughs> hundred and some out, you know, like, but it's like, but that's all part of that grind though. And I've just, yeah, I, I've, I've grown to really love, um, I talk about it a lot and I write a lot about the mental side of, of, bow hunting and especially like those adventure bow hunts that guys like you and I love to do. I mean, it's, that's a huge, huge part in my opinion to being successful and the, and the guys that are successful, they're mentally sharp as a tack. I mean, what, the, what was your, they all have it. What was your biggest fear? Like driving up to the trailhead that first time? I think the, the biggest thing for me was I'm, I'm like my biggest critic and um, I've always been that way, like in, in, in sports and just life. Like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super hard on myself. So my biggest thing was, was honestly just like, you know, I know mentally and physically you can do this, but you, you can't let yourself down in any way, shape or form. Like for me, it wasn't even about, obviously you want to go out there and punch a tag and I wanted to kill a mule deer. Um, but just surviving and staying back there for seven, eight days, like I had planned, that was like my biggest i guess fear was walking out on day four or walking out on day five and and not accomplishing what i set out to do not just punch a tag but okay i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna do this for a week this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna live here i'm gonna move i'm gonna you know i'm gonna hustle every day run ridgeline like this is my game plan and my biggest fear was not sticking to that um just because I had never done it. And I mean, the solo game, it's such a, it sounds awesome. And it, it is awesome. And I tell people this all the time. It sounds awesome until you're about seven miles in <laughs> and you realize it's you and your pack and your bow. And then all of a sudden it might not sound or be so awesome anymore. Like, I mean, <laughs> but, but like, it sounds, you know, for lack of better terminology, it sounds super badass to be like, Oh God, I'm going to go back and I'm I'm just going to go live out there for nine days. And I'm just going to do it. And and yeah, I, that's awesome. But to actually go do it for nine days. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like what we were talking about at the first of like, are is it like, are you, do you really have a passion for this? Or are you just doing yep. it because you're, you're a little bit romantic about seeing other yep. people do it. Right. And I've had yep. to, I've had to come to terms with that. Like, you know, you get back on these four five, six day hunts and it's like, wait a minute. Like, do I, do I actually enjoy this 
or yep. am I just doing yep. this because I've seen, you know, you know, this guy and this guy and this guy do it. And I, it looks, it looked so cool that I'm just yep. trying to emulate that or, or I want, you know, to be that guy too, but it's like yep. deep down, do I really like this, you know? Yep. And it doesn't have to be, you know, in my experience, it doesn't have to be something that is black or white necessarily. Meaning like, you know, you don't have to close that door. You go on one trip and you decide you hate it. Like you can grow into it. You know, you can, de- yeah. oh, you, yeah. you, you can develop yep. that. And that's, that's probably the the best way to do, to, to become that guy that's, you know, that likes, that likes, that enjoys or looks forward to going out on your own is yep. in small bites. Cause very few people, man, just come, you know, cold Turkey. And then just all of a sudden they, they love being in the back country for a week by themselves. I mean, that takes a certain type of person. So yeah, that's, you know, man, it, it's, first of all, you don't, don't force anything on yourself. Second of all, it, you don't, you know, you can, you can work into that, uh, appetite yep. for that, you know, oh, yeah. week long yeah, loneliness. I mean, you know, the, the first time I ever went out, um, was ever actually like hunting out West. I, I had a buddy of mine that, um, he had been going and chasing lions, um, with some of his buddies in like, Oh, I think he's been in like Utah and New Mexico. And he's like, man, he's like, you should come down to New Mexico with me and, and let's go, let's go run run cats, you know, with, with dogs. And, and he's like, you know, I'm like, man, I'm like, that sounds like, you know, that, that'd be cool. I mean, I, I grew up, my dad and all his friends had coon dogs and I've always loved that game. I'm like, man, that'd be awesome. I'm like, can I bring my, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I want to bring my bow. And, but he's like, yeah, man. So we were down it, not far from like the Gila mountains. And I went out there for seven days and I was thinking it was going to be like this romanticized deal and honestly to this day it's still one of the hardest hunts i've ever done in my life six six days of getting beat on and covering 150 miles on horses chasing these cats around finally got a good tom in a tree and 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 got him killed but i was like romanticized with uh the mountains and just the landscape and i'm like we need to come i'm like let's put in and let's go let's hunt the gila for elk like that next fall and he's like yeah, you know, he's like, because he would already been out there and he had killed a couple nice bulls. He's like, yeah, we could do that. So we did that. So I went out that next fall and shot a six by five opening morning, right, you know, right off the rip, bugling right in my face, seven yards. I mean, still one of the coolest moments in my, you know, bow hunting career was was watching that arrow disappear, you know, as this bull's screaming in my face, watching the fletching freaking bury in behind the shoulder, just knowing he smoked, you know, and from that moment, I'm like, I have to do this every year. Like, like this, the mountains, just the, 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 you know, we got packed in, we were like 14, 15 miles from the trailhead. You know, I mean, it was just, I'm like, I, I just, I felt like it's as weird as it sounds. Cause I'd only been out, out hunting West in, you know, two times, but I'm like, I feel like I was born to do it. Like, I'm just like, this is, this is me. Like I'm supposed to be doing this. So then the next year I'm like, okay, that's it. You're going to go solo. You're just going to go jump in and just, and, and this is what you're going to do. So I started playing the points game and, and I'm just like, all right, you're going to pick a zero point unit and you're going to go to Colorado and this is where we're going to start. And literally four years later, last year, I finally punched my first mule deer tag four trips, four times me jumping in my truck, driving 26 to 30 hours to Colorado mm three different times. I hadn't even drawn my bow back. 
on a muley until this year. Been close, been super close, but going back to what you said about, do you really love it or do you not? Obviously for a guy like me, I fell in love with it or I wouldn't have kept making those trips back, basically getting my head hammered every time, but it was just a continual, you know, learning, learning, learning. It was a different unit. Been to Colorado four times on mule deer hunts, four different units, you know, so finally built up. Talk, talk about that real quick. Um, yep. you know, I'm, I'm curious what your strategy was jumping around. Do you feel like if you were going back, you know, were you, were you picking the wrong unit? And if so, why? And then if, you know, if not, maybe w- if you were going back, would you have just stuck with one unit so you could kind of learn it, you know, that whole, uh, bring some value to guys that are looking to come out West or even Western guys looking to hunt, you know, the, their a new unit for the first time. Yeah, for me, I mean, what, I, I I knew I wanted to, like, I, I had a unit in mind that I thought, I'm like, man, you know, I'd love to go there, but I knew it was going to be a couple points to get in it. So, you know, I was just like, okay, well, if I go on, like, second or third choice and, and I can gain a point but still grab, like, you know, a, a, either an over-the-counter or I can get in a unit. And basically what I wanted to do was I wanted to just kind of learn as I went. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to never hunt mule deer, put in for four years, get four points, get into unit X, Y, Z, and then not know what I'm doing because I've never done it. But I'm in this awesome unit where I know there's some big bucks and I, and I, I, I know this is the spot I need to be, but now it's like, I've never practiced it. Like I don't know. I I truly don't know what I'm doing. So my philosophy was, okay, I'm going to go in and hunt a couple different units. And I'm literally just going to go into this on learning how to pick units apart, learning how to scout, learning how to go in, how to camp, how to live. And that was kind of my mindset was like, you know, kind of in the forefront was the unit I, I wanted to really get into in a few years, but I needed to take baby steps to like build up to get there. Cause I knew once I got there, I wanted to be like ready for the Super Bowl. So I needed to go through some practices. I needed to go through a couple games to get there. And then once I was there, I felt like, okay, in a few years, you should be not good at this, but you should have enough experience to where like you're ready for it per se. And, um, and, and I'll be honest, I'm a guy, I love adventure. I love new units. I love picking units apart. Uh, I'm one of those guys that's always like, well, yeah, I could hunt that over-the-counter unit every year, or I could go 140 miles west and go to this other <laughs> unit that I've never been to. Man, I wonder what's over there. So, like, realistically, I mean, if I was telling guys what to do that have never done it, you're probably better off to pick a unit that's maybe like an over-the-counter deal that you could go in and learn and and pick up success that way, you know? Because, like, I mean, every year you're going to, you know, you're going to find success in just feeling more comfortable with that spot and figuring out, you know, where the feed is and, and kind of how the weather dictates, you know, that unit and how mule deer or elk, whatever you're chasing, how they work the unit, how they use it, where the good escapes are, where the saddles are. I mean, you know, you, you can kind of learn from year to year and then you're building confidence in yourself and that unit. I kind of did it, you know, backwards. I mean, I, I loved the different well, unit, different kind of, I, I was kind of chasing the, oh man, what about this unit? What about that unit? But it was fun though, because it, it forced me every year 
yeah. to scout and e-scout and, and do the research. And I think that really helped me once I had my points built up to get into this unit. I really, really, really wanted to get in. So I, I, then, I think I, I think you bring up two really good strategies there, right? And it's like, yep. you know, in, in my mind, if you're, you know, it's almost, it's almost like, I don't know. Yeah. So, so, you know, what I was hinting at is like this whole perception of, you know, guys jumping around. I, I do this where it's like, man, yep. I'm le you know, grass is always greener. I'm leaving one, oh, unit, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm leaving yep. one unit to go hunt another one. And the other yep. one is just as bad or just as good or whatever. Yep. And it's yep. like, well, crap, yep. I should have just stayed in the, the first unit and hunted it a second year. But it's, you know, you, you like you said, you romanticize about like, man, look at this country. Like, man, I wonder what's up in this basin or whatever. But then the other important thing there that, that is, is so valuable, man, that like even guys out West, almost especially guys out West, I think fall victim to is that whole, um, concept of, you know, okay, I've picked out a unit that I want to hunt that I know is going to be really good in theory. You know, it's, it's got quality bucks or it's harder yeah. to draw. It takes four five, six, ten, 10, you know, 20 points sometimes for some of these crazy elk, elk hunts out West. But in the meantime, I'm smart enough to know that if I just wait five years, the quality of the tag that I got in five years is not going to offset the lack of experience that I would have if I didn't hunt for five years. And so you're smart enough to be like, okay, in the meantime, I've got to pick up one of these over-the-counter units every year and be hunting those for the experience, not necessarily to learn the unit, obviously, because you, you know, you can only hunt a unit so often and when you're out especially in the midwest you know it's like you can't just you know like like here i can run up i could run up and scout the back country in wyoming that i'm going to hunt in three years every single weekend if i wanted to you can't do that yep. you know and so that's just not an option but you're going to hone your skills of stalking bucks you know learning where they like to bed learning how to access trails learning you know who you know Oh, in this type of unit, you know, there's a 14, 14 er and there's going to be a bunch of hikers in there. And I learned my lesson on that and, you know, so on and so forth. And so I think that's super valuable, man, where it's like, you know, there's, there's two, two, uh, two thought processes. There are two skills to hone and, uh, and you touched on, on both of them, I think. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, I, it's funny cause a lot of people always say, man, gosh, you know, I want to kill a mule deer or I want to kill an elk or I want to kill an antelope so bad. And, and I'm, I, I've been building points and I'm like, well, that's good. But in order to kill an elk, you, you got to hunt elk yeah. or in order to kill a mule deer, you, you really need to hunt mule deer. And they're like, well, yeah, I know, but I'm going to wait till I get my points. I'm like, mm, I'm like, you're, you're, you're missing kind of my analogy. I'm like, like in order to be ready to be Tom Brady and throw, you know, a, a the, the game winning score in the Super Bowl, you got to prepare and throw 9 million of those gotta, in preparation gotta, to do it when, when the lights are on. Got to play and, high uh, school and college first. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, I always go back to sports cause you know, that was like a huge thing for, you know, me and my brother growing up and, and stuff. See, yeah, we, we are, the, we are the same guy, man. Like we're, oh, you're, yeah. I don't know what you look like exactly, but I'll bet you're my doppelganger from Ohio. <laughs> yeah no man like it's uh it's 
it's just funny how how guys can like you know relate life stuff back over to like hunting and, and vice versa but it, it is so true i mean like you know like you just said you you can't you can't just go straight to the nfl and be like yep i'm gonna throw a game winner in uh the super bowl or i'm, I'm gonna throw the 93 mile an hour fastball in the world series to, to close it out without ever playing little league and, and t-ball and, and middle school and high school and college and then the minors and then the i mean it's it's a stepping stone but it's funny how how many guys will oh gosh you know i i i can't wait to draw this tag yeah. you know in five more years i'll have enough points and i'm like man that's awesome i'm like well where are you all cutting at this year like you just gonna go over the counter in idaho or where are you going yeah. Oh no, I don't no, I'm just I'm just gonna wait till I get all my points and I'm gonna go hunt the the breaks in Montana. And I'm like <laughs> I'm like, you're you're gonna go in that, you know, unit X in Montana where you yeah, that's a great unit. There's a ton of big bulls in there and quality's good and but you mean to tell me you <clears throat> you're gonna go in there and you've never hunted elk, you've waited all these years you build all these points you spend all this time waiting and now you're just gonna have to like basically Figure, yeah. get it done in six days yeah you know you've you've never hunted elk a day in your life but now you've got six days to go make it happen on this dream bull that hopefully you're gonna and i mean honestly you might do it yeah you, you might but i'm the guy that errs on the side of well i'd like to be prepared for that and well, kind of feel like i know what i'm doing before i actually get to that stage and that so that was kind of my my mindset on the whole Colorado thing. Yeah, it doesn't even sound enjoyable to me. No. You know, like no. I, I've been on a few of those hunts um, here, like in Utah specifically, where um, family or friends or whoever, some of my buddies will have these these tags that took you know 18 19 20 points to draw and the amount yeah. of stress you know and these guys have never oh, yeah. really hunted an elk like they've they've hunted them but not like themselves pulling the trigger year after year after year you know yep. and so there's a little bit of anxiety there and then just the amount of point build up like it almost it almost changes the whole feeling and almost ruins it for me where it's like man like this isn't even fun anymore. There's so much stress to perform. You know, like you said, I would feel the same way if I got thrown into the Super Bowl right now. Yeah. On paper, that sounds like every guy's dream. But in reality, if you went straight from your couch to, yeah. okay, you're in the next play, you know, against yep. the, whoever the, the chiefs yep. or whatever, you would yep. be crapping your pants. Cause it wouldn't yep. even be fun. Like, yep. yeah, it's, that's, that's interesting, man. Talk about, um, talk about your scouting, you know, for especially for a guy in the Midwest, just mm -hmm. kind of break down how you how you pick a unit, how you scout a unit, um, maybe misconceptions that you had when you finally get into the unit after looking at it yep. on Google Earth and all that. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's lots of those. <laughs> <laughs> so my with with the whitetail background, um, I'm a big. I've always been like a big a big uh, structure guy as far as like you know topos, and um, just looking at the lay of the land. I mean, here in Ohio and in a lot of the Midwest states, a lot of broken up farm country. So, you know, like your pinch points and your saddles, your 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 little bottlenecks, your funnels. I mean, that stuff is so huge to my success in the whitetail game. Um, that you know I. I had some background with looking at maps and, and Google earth and, and, you know, um, had sort of kind of jumped into like 
Onyx and was using that and and, and kind of had a, a good feel for how I was going to piece that stuff together. But my biggest hurdle was, okay, I want to hunt mule deer in Colorado. And then you look at the list of the bajillion units you could go into. And I'm like, Hmm, I'm like, huh? <laughs> well, there's gotta be a big buck in every one of these. So I guess we'll just pick one. And then I'm like, well, I don't know. That doesn't sound like a good idea. So, <laughs> you know, I, I started to just kind of research online. And I mean, that was kind of my biggest, I guess, saving grace was, uh, like go hunt, for example. I mean, I, you know, uh, huge huge fan you know I've, I've got to meet most of the guys there now over the years and, and love their stuff and, and what services they provide but like that was a huge eye-opener to me um was using resources like that to help a guy like me kind of narrow down and like i guess we'll say funnel your mind into like okay instead of looking at 40 units let's pick a section of colorado and here's five units that you could potentially draw now let's break those five down and i love high country so i want to make sure i'm in a unit that's got a lot of high country or has good high country that's going to you know sustain public yeah yeah mule deer or elk or whatever you're chasing so I would say the biggest like hurdle right off the bat for me was just learning how to navigate, I guess, all there is out there. Like, you know, Eastman's has the, uh, the MRS section in the back of their magazine, you know, there's so much info out there. It's like, okay, I kind of had to find a little system of like, all right, where am I going to go to like find a unit and pick spots and, and kind of what's, what's my plan of attack here going to be. And once I started to kind of see, Okay, so I can use Go Hunt to basically find a unit, we'll say, narrow down between two or three choices, apply for those. Then once I draw unit X, now I can start to pick it apart, like I would here back home with properties for like whitetails. But the biggest hurdle for me was just figuring out, okay, there's all these units in plain words, like, well, crap, we're where, where, where do I want to go? Like, which one? Where, where you know, uh, well, with- let, let, let me even back up one step from that. Like why, why Colorado? I'm always curious about this with Midwest Eastern guys, yep. because yep. it just seems like you all slam into Colorado and you just stop there. And it's like, that's just the obvious one. Cause it's close. And there are, there are a lot of opportunities yep. there. I'm yep. just always curious, you know, if, if there was a, a reason behind, you know, why not Idaho or, you know, even Wyoming, you can pick up a tag every couple of years or whatever. I'm just curious there. To be completely honest, I said, okay, where can I go where I don't have to fight grizzlies and a ton of wolves? <laughs> because I'm like, okay, the whole soul, like I, I really wanted to, to I've, I've always had this, uh, this obsession with big white tails. And then from that comes, Oh man, big muleys are even bigger than big white tails. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh man, that would be awesome. Like a 30, you know, like a 30 inch muley makes my biggest white tail at 191 inches look pretty small actually. So I'm like, Ooh, so then I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, I want to hunt mule deer. And I started looking, I'm like, man, Wyoming would be great, but ah, do I want to go right into Grizzly Cash? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> so I kind of picked Colorado because I'm just like, well, you know, 
the high country with the 13ers and the 14ers, that was something that I really wanted to experience. Um, I just think that's, it's breathtaking seeing pictures and seeing guys that are doing that. And I'm like, man, I'd love to experience that. And then, um, it's like the closest we'll say like Western state, true Western state to me. Um, typically from my house to should like this year, my hat from my driveway to the trailhead was 26 and a half hours on the dot. I mean, on the money. So, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, Colorado just kind of called my name and I'm just like, okay, that's, yep. We're going to start there. Um, and now here I am five, six late years later and I've hunted just name a Western state. I think the only ones, uh, Idaho, Montana, Utah, Colorado, Mexico, Arizona. I mean, I think besides Nevada and Wyoming, which those are hopefully going to be this year, or next mm. year. Um, yeah, kind of hit them all, but yeah, Colorado kind of called it right off the rip, but yeah, being honest, I'm just like, okay, black bears, no grizzlies. Um, not really like the wolf thing going on. Um, lions. I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm going to have to deal with that. But yeah, at least there wasn't like grizzlies and stuff. And yeah. for the, for the first solo thing, I was just like, you know, I'd like to just kind of not have that in the back of my head and just focus on all the other stuff I've got to worry about. So that was kind of my thought process was, I'm like, yeah, Colorado seems like that has kind of a good mixture of everything I'm looking for. Yeah. And I mean, th that's kind of like the staple for mule deer. Like when people, especially Midwest, when you think of someone says mule deer, first state that pops into your brain or most people's brains, Colorado. Yep. Uh, not saying it's any better, or any worse, but that's just kind of like, oh yeah, mule deer, boom, Colorado. That's just kind of what people kind of think about is, okay. So for me, I was like, yep, that's it. That's, yeah. it, that's it, where we're going to go. It fits. It just checks a lot of boxes, you know, and not, you know, oh, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's probably where I would end up, you know, if I was from Ohio, I'd end up, you know, at least cutting my teeth in like you did in Colorado and then going from there. Yep. So, yep. um, okay. So, so Colorado, and then you kind of had this strategy of like, sounded like you were building a couple you were building points and then maybe hunting some, were they second chance or second choice tags or yep. over the, okay. Yep. So, yeah. And for those who don't understand that in Colorado, you know, you can, if you draw a, you know, I'm not going to say a, a low quality tag, but a less desired tag that you can pick up. Um, you know, if it's, if it's real low desired tag or desire or uh, high quantities of tags, you can pick them up when I say pick them up, you can draw the tag as your second choice rather than your yep. first choice. And in Colorado, is it still that way? Have they, they, they didn't change this. Did they? Not to my knowledge. Okay. You can still grab a point yeah. on your first and then your second and third put in. And so you can still get a tag and get a point, which is all in the same go around. Yeah, which yeah is, I know. For, I know for people from the Midwest or the East or whatever. Um, I think most Western people understand how crazy that is, but it's, it's really quite crazy, especially oh, it is. So, it so, is. Some, because, you know, like you've seen, I mean, some of those zero point units, uh, you know, or second choice tags, there's, there's big bucks in all of them. So, okay. So, so then fast forward, you're, you've picked a unit or whatever, let's assume then you're sitting in front of the computer. I mean, what are just like two or three takeaways for guys who are jumping into that for the first time of like, you know, do this, don't do this. Um, when you're actually scouting where you're going to cross an X on a map and show up and hunt. Just from experience, the first thing I would tell guys is 
do not romanticize how awesome it looks. And oh yeah, I can do that on Google Earth because once you get there, I promise it will be <laughs> tougher, steeper, rougher, rockier. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can remember having like my, my so like my first year, I had like you know. Um, plan a b c d e i'm like okay if there's a ton of guys here and i can't get away from pressure and uh plan a i'm gonna go here and plan b and i remember i got there and immediately i'm like oh man there's nobody here no one is at my plan a and i'm thinking i'm a genius like i'm a genius i've got this figured out like i'm like god you're so smart clint this is great well the reason why nobody was there is because once you got over the first like 13er and, and started down over the next side of the mountain. It was almost like you, you had to be a mountain goat to go anywhere. I mean, there was, there was nowhere to go. Like there was nowhere for a person to travel. And I'm like, Oh, this is why no one's here because there's no way to survive and actually make it to the other side and go hunt over there where I want to go. So then I had to backtrack and figure out, how to get, you know, you got to go clear around the unit, you know, so then it started to click. I'm like, okay. So yeah, Google Earth's great and, and Onyx is great and all that stuff's great. But my first takeaway was if it looks semi-steep, it's probably super steep Extremely or if it looks steep. like, yeah, like <laughs> if it looks like you're thinking, oh, I think I could make it, you probably can't make it. Yeah. So you probably should just start to reroute. That was the first thing I had to learn was I'm like, well, okay, genius, this isn't going to work. Like, there's a reason why there's nobody here right now. <laughs> so that was like my first big takeaway was just, I guess, learning how to read maps as far as like read contour lines and really try to piece it together in your head, like what you're seeing on a map or what you're seeing on your screen and trying to like in your brain or in your mind, I should say, like distinguish, okay, this is how it would look. Oh man, that seems like it's going to be steep. Okay, Clint's probably going to be really freaking steep. So let's 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 not do that. Let's we're going to need to find another route. And once I started to put those pieces together, um, yeah, and my, it definitely it definitely helped helped a lot. And my best advice on that, at least from my own experience, and and really the only the only way that I know to be sure that I'm not getting into one of those situations is like, like actually showing up somewhere like you did. Yep. Getting, you know, Oh, red uh, stop sign, red flag. Like, okay. So now I have a, an in-person mental picture of what this yep. actually looks like. Then yep. I, I, re I re return and I come back full circle and I get back on Google earth to that exact same spot and kind of compare the two mental images of like, okay, yeah, this, <laughs> this is what I saw on Google earth as I was sitting here in June and you know, the birds were chirping and everything was great and sun was shining. This is what actually happened in September when I started crying on the mountain cause I couldn't hike up this hill yep. <laughs> or yep. whatever. And so then you have this kind of, you start putting this library together of like, okay, on Google earth, this type of a mountain looks kind of like this and this yep. type of a hillside or a pass or a trailhead or whatever kind of looks like this in person. And man, I don't know of any other way, um, you know, other than just erring on the side of, of, you know, this looks way more mild than, than it, 
is in, you know, on, in Google earth and then just showing up and because I don't know of any other way to really learn that aspect of, you know, really appreciating what Google earth looks like other than just in-person experiences, you know? Yep. Yep. And I mean, I know, you know, like, yeah, I mean, that was like my first big takeaway from that first trip was what I saw on my couch looking at it on a screen and then actually getting there, I was like, Oh man. So plan a, B and C are definitely no goes because I'm not a mountain goat. Should have so ran now, some more marathons. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man. So now I'm already down to my plan. Let's see. A, B and C is gone. So now you're at D, but that's like another thing I guess I should like touch on is, um, for me, I always had like a, a, a huge backstash of like quote unquote plans or where I thought, okay, you know, here's seven or eight spots I can camp. Here's seven or eight spots where there's water. Like I wanted to always have, um, a backup for a backup. And I think that's important because you can't predict weather, um, pressure from other hunters. Um, hikers and bikers colorado everybody and their brother and their grandma and their dog walkers best friends cousin hikes and bikes i mean i remember going out there and getting out there like midweek on uh so my second trip to colorado my second trip you'll you'll appreciate this i thought okay here's what you're gonna do you're gonna pick this unit and i had a buddy that hunted elk there the previous year and he's like dude i got into some really big bucks you know so i kind of had a little bit of a hot tip already so I said, all right, I'm going to pick these spots out of on Google Earth, and I'm going to go the second week of August before season. I end to Denver. My buddy's going to pick me up. I'm going to spend a couple nights. I'm going to hike up in. I'm going to scout. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure these bucks are here so it's a foolproof. There's no way I cannot mm. not kill a mule deer this year. So I go in there, I, and I find two giants. First night, first night in. I'm like, this is it. This is, uh, you're a genius. This was the smartest thing you've ever done. Okay. So Let's see where this is going. <laughs> I did not realize, I didn't realize that this particular unit. So the continental divide trail is not far. <laughs> now that, that trail runs, uh, I mean, across a, a big portion of that section of Colorado. So whatever. I mean, that's cool. Like that's, that's awesome. Um, I saw a few people like, you know, it, it was fine, but it wasn't like that crazy. So I get in there on the night before season, get up there, get all set up. I'm like 10 miles in. I'm thinking, no, you know, I passed all these camps on the way in. A lot of guys were hunting four or five miles. I'm like, sorry guys, I'm <laughs> going back in deep and you guys are going to have to watch me pack this 190 out because I'm killing him. It's, just, it's like, this is it. This is it. I get back there and I wake up that first morning. I get up to, I already had a, I already had two different um, vantage points picked out. I was going to glass this one till eight or nine. If I hadn't found this buck by then. I was going to move to this other one. Had it all mapped out. I was going to have, I was, I was literally going to have this buck dead by two o'clock. I, I was just, I'm like, this is, you know, every, when I went up there and scouted, this buck was there every day, morning, evening, <laughs> you know, I get up there and I find him right off the, right off the get go. I find him. I'm like, Oh, 
this is great. I'm the greatest mule deer hunter ever. (laughs) I'm like, this is so easy. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand why guys struggle with this. All I had to do was come out and scout a couple days and figure it out. And then now I'm good. Like I'm, this is perfect. All of a sudden everything's going good. And I look off. It would have been to my East and it literally looked like someone had uncaged a thousand people that hadn't eaten in five days and they're just running. And, and, and a little did I know there's this like <laughs> big race going on continental divide. There's people on bikes, there's people running, there's people setting up tents and camps and they're going down to, I mean, this spot was blown up for the next <laughs> eight days. I couldn't find a mule deer, couldn't find a mule deer. <laughs> like, so I spent that whole trip basically trying to figure out where these bucks went because my whole game plan was find them on the scouting trip. Okay. Did that get in there before the hunt starts. I did that get set up, find them the night before the hunt did that find him the next morning, did that kill him that afternoon. Oops. Uh, wasn't, wasn't prepared for what could potentially happen because I had a half mile away, this continental divide trail. And I'm like, uh Oh, you know? And so like there again, it was just this huge learning curve of figuring out how Colorado works, how, you know, like during the week, there's not that many people, but on the weekends, it is literally now a lot of my trips. I try to plan my biggest portion of my hunts Sunday through Friday as like my main target time because I know that's when the least amount of the people's going to be out. You know, the, the kids are in school and moms and dads are at work. And it's like, that's, you know, but in my head, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I can run this, this divide trail, you know, seven miles in and then branch off from that. Oh, this is going to be so easy. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's going to be so easy for me to get in there, but it's not going to be so easy for me to get a mule deer killed when there's 900 people running this, this, this trail run that they're having all weekend. You know, there was, it's funny, uh, at one point from my, from my one glassing point on that third or fourth day, I could see it was like 21 or 22 camps (laughs) and tents and none of them were hunters hikers bikers guys that were doing this like three or four day extended like uh trail run slash like bike deal the try i don't know what exactly what was going on but it was a combination of the two and i'm like none of these people are hunting this is just like a recreational thing and and so yeah that was that was kind of like another learning curve is it's like you know you you can't prepare for that stuff but yet you have to prepare for it because that's a reality is public land people are allowed to just go aimlessly walk around if they want to or yeah. bike or hike or or whatever and it's like you know in my head i'm like oh and at <laughs> least at least other hunters are trying to be quiet generally yes. you know those those yes. people they're just up there yep. you know it's a yeah. weekend you know saturday for them they're yep. having a good old time but yep yeah it's, yep, it's but, crazy man it's you know and it's it's like i've said this before and a tactic that we had to learn finally because we, we were this, we were kind of the same thing as like, oh man, like it doesn't matter. As long as we're 10 miles deep, we can be right off a main trail or whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, and and it's, (laughs) it's like you said, it doesn't matter if you, you know, even if I see a buck from the main trail, 
um, a, a main, you know, uh, access point or whatever in and out. Um, you just, yep. you know, it's, it's like finding a buck the day before, you know, the opener in Utah, that's right off the road. Like, dude, yep. come, you know, 10 minutes before sunup, there's going to be 44 wheelers going up and down that or whatever. Yep. It's the same in the back country. And so now, you know, with these, and it's not that bucks won't kind of hang in and around that, but they're just extremely hard to kill. Um, yep. you know, when they go into that mode of a ton of traffic around them, because <laughs> right. Because yep. I mean, it's not like the bucks. I, I believe that the those big bucks will stay there in general, and they might still be in that little basin where the trail goes yep. through. But they're they're in their bed before sun up, and they're not coming out until after. And it just makes them extremely hard to very, kill. Very yeah. tight, very tight, and strict patterns. Tight and that strict. They're on. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah. you know, I I just wrote an article about about uh, kind of the myths of debunking hunting whitetails. I get so short and sweet i'm pretty aggressive i'll go right into a buck's bedroom and basically do a do a a hang and bang type of hunt i'll come in with sticks and a stand on my back i'll get right up in tight to where i think he's bedding i'll hunt i'll see what i see and the next day i might move you know and and i just i keep playing that tic-tac game until i either catch him coming from his bed or coming out and people are always like yeah but if you blow him out, it's over. I'm like, no, that bed did exactly what it's supposed to do. He will come back because if that buck sees me, wins me, hears me, it that worked. spot did exactly. Yeah. And so I think there's a, and, and a lot of people that read this article, they were, they messaged me and they're like, this is mind blowing. I'm like, no, no, it's not mind blowing at all. It's just the, the people think if you blow a buck out, Oh my God, he's gone. He's, he's heading over the ridge. He's heading five miles away. Why would he do that? He doesn't know what's over there. He knows what's right there. And that spot kept him alive. Chances are he'll circle right back and probably be there. Now he's smarter. Now he's probably going to be more nocturnal or run a a tighter, stricter pattern. Yeah. hundred percent. I'll give you that. But that buck is there for a reason, you know, I mean, and wake up, right. Cause out West, especially, I mean, those bucks, they're get there. That happens to them all oh. three times a week from a cat, yeah. you know, or a bear exactly. or whatever. It's like, yep. it's just another Tuesday. Yep. It's just another Tuesday oh, yeah. for them. Oh, yeah. you know, n- near miss got away. Uh, life's yep. good, you know, and then just keep yep. doing their, that's why they're in that pattern is because it's worked yep. thus far. <laughs> yep. Well, and that's, you know, my, I guess like to tie that back into like the e-scouting and stuff is it's so important from what I've learned from trial and error and basically just doing everything wrong and then figuring out that, Oh yeah, you didn't plan for this Clint next time. You're going to have to plan for that, you know, is, is having those plans to, to potentially plan for bad weather plan for pressure. Okay. Where are these bucks going to go when all the hikers come? Okay. Where are these bucks going to go? Um, if uh, a cat moves in and it pushes them up into the rocks. Okay. How, how are we going to navigate that? What are we going to do here? What are we going to, you know, it's like now I start when I start planning these hunts and I find my unit, I start to look at contingencies. Okay, yep. Yes. What's going to happen? Um, you know, what is going to happen if this happens and if that happens, what will I do? And then I'll, I'll get on my Onyx and I'll mark stuff. It's okay. If pressure comes into this unit, 
here's where I think these bucks will go. This is, these are the spots I can check that are and what we'll call quote unquote, maybe their secondary living yeah, and or, it's you know, or, or and whatever. It's probably, it's probably, you know, newsflash, it's probably not on the main trail system or a trail oh, yeah. or a trail <laughs> yeah. at all. Right. And yep. it, it yep. seems, it seems silly to say that, but like for years there, we, we were in that trap of like, Oh, well there's this, you know, there's five basins down this little finger ridge Yep. Um, that have nothing to, you know, they're, they're a mile and a half from the trail yep. and it's like, we were just too dumb to leave the trail and go down and hunt it. Well, that's where all the bucks were, you know, yep. because yep. of course that's where they were. Cause that's where the people don't go. And it's, it's like this really simple concept of, you know, the bucks are going to push into those, you know, they're going to spill over into these little side basins and side areas and yep. where the trails aren't because the people aren't, you know, but yep you'd be yep. surprised how many years we hunted like that and didn't, you know, weren't smart enough just to exit the trail system. So you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this being, you know, hunting and, and being around Utah so much. So last year, <laughs> so I, I go to Colorado. I finally punch my tag, kill a great buck in velvet. Um, man, I'm on, I'm on cloud nine. I come that's home. That's a 30 incher. Yeah. He was, uh, he was, he was, yeah, 32 right on the dot. Yep. 32 on the dot. And, uh, so that was, you know, mind blowing to me. I'm on, I'm on cloud nine and I've got the famed Wasatch tag coming up in October. I drew the extended, got an extended tag. So got a bunch of buddies that's over that way, Devin Leonard and Ty Glenn and all those guys. And they're like, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, what do you guys think? <laughs> Maybe I'm crazy, but I'm like, what if I come hunt in October? Because I feel like there's probably the least amount of mule deer hunting pressure right then. Cause a lot of guys are still chasing elk and everybody likes the early hunts and then guys hunt the rut and they're like, Oh dude, you're going to get your teeth kicked in. And I'm like, no, I'm like, ah, I'm like, I'll be able to find bucks. I'm like, man, I'm coming off this Colorado high. I'm like, I'm like, I got a hundred game plans. So long story short, I fly in at 11 o'clock at night. My buddy picks me up airport, drops me off. I pack in at 3 AM, get to my spot. And I'm like, okay, for the next eight days, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to run this. And I I am literally going to just blow this unit up until I find a buck. I've never had my teeth kicked in like I did <laughs> those eight days on the front. I mean, it, 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 it was literally a, a, just an assault on me mentally and physically from day one to day eight. And going back to that, like secondary living and the bucks on the tighter patterns, you know, I had thought like, Oh, there won't be as many people. Cause I mean, let's be honest, that unit's pretty popular. I mean, that's, that's a famed unit. I'm sure on opening morning, it's like a, a, a battle zone up there. <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, if I go in October, maybe I can find these bucks that are transitioning into some secondary living and yeah, they're going to be on some tighter patterns and some stricter routines, but I'm going to have eight days. I'll just continue to live off my back and move and, and hustle. Dude, I put like 119, 120 miles on, moved camp six or seven times. I mean, I, I mean, I literally got punched in the teeth every hour of every day. And my takeaway from that was there was a hunt that I had 50 game plans for. 
I mean, I had stuff marked. My Onyx looked like my one-year-old got a crayon and scribbled. I mean, it was just, just, but, but I was, I was so prepared that I'm like, there's no way I can still fail. But the one thing that like you can't do is you can't make mule deer move in daylight and you can't make big bucks go to places that you want them to go. You can prepare for it all you want, but if they don't actually do it. So basically I ended up basically hunting a bunch of deer that I knew were living in dark timber that came out of dark timber for about five minutes in the morning. And if I was lucky, two or three minutes in the evening. And I started having to hunt them like whitetails basically and try to catch them. So that was a huge learning curve. Now it fueled my fire because I came back in November. I told, I told Devin, I said, I'll be back. He's like, what? I'm like, I'm no, mind you, I never leave the, the, the Ohio or the Midwest whitetail rut. I mean, I, that's, that's a time frame where I tell people just don't bother me. Mm-hmm. No offense, but unless it's like a funeral or something really, really bad has happened. Sorry, but maybe my own wedding, I'm still not going to be there for it. Like November's my time. That's, that's the whitetail rut smack dab in the middle of it. I'm like, I'm coming back to Utah. I'm like to chase the rotten bucks. I'm like, I, I can't accept the fact that I got kicked in the teeth that bad. And they're like, you're going to come back. I'm like, yep, I'm coming back. And I'm like, I'm going to get that egg on tag punch. And it just so happened on the first, you know, total turnaround the first day got a, you know, got on a big old, heavy old three by four with some kickers and stuff. It, it got him killed, but it was like, that was such a, that was good for me though. Like that was such a good hunt getting my teeth kicked in and, and basically taking me back down to, okay, you had a million plans. You did, I did all my East guy. I mean, I, I had so much stuff prepared for that and I still basically quote unquote failed, but that's okay because I left that hunt and I'm like, okay, did you do everything you could to prepare? Check. Did you move camp? Did you hustle? Did you, you never quit. You never stopped. Check. Realistically, I, I succeeded. I didn't punch a tag, but I did everything possible to try to be successful. Still wasn't successful, but in my mind, I'm like, that's okay. Like I was okay with it, but I'm just like, okay, but I'm, I'm going to have to come back. I mean, I'm, I can't let these, I can't let this unit have the best of me. I'm going to have to come back again. (laughs) So so five weeks later I come back, you know, and, and then hunted the rut, which was awesome. I've never hunted the mule deer rut until this year. And, um, Oh dude, I'm hooked. Yeah. Honestly, I I already put in for that extended tag just so I can come back and hunt the rut. <laughs> I mean, it. I'm I'm going to probably try to hunt that every single year. Like some type of extended tag to where I can go hunt somewhere in Utah during the rut. That was so much fun. I mean, yeah, and all That was that I'll, was a blast, I'll man. Com- I'll completely endorse that. Um if anyone from the Midwest is thinking about coming out, either go to Colorado or the Wasatch front in Utah. <laughs> so oh man. Uh, no, that's... It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's funny. Cause like that, you know, that tag and that, you know, hunt the front. I mean, that gets so much publicity and there, and there is so many, you know, there's been a ton of good bucks. I mean, giants, I mean, it's crazy how many guys, have pulled big deer off that unit that gets so much publicity and pressure. And it's like, for me, it was just cool to be like, man, I'm hunting 
a unit where so many guys have taken good bucks and and like once you're there and you see it you like really get to appreciate how tough it is to get it done there i mean that is just a super super tough place to go get one killed especially with a bow i mean it's just just a tough hunt but it's like when it does come together i feel like that's one of those deals that you might only you know heck you might i might go six more years and not kill a buck you know in you know say like on that front or or close or you know spots that are close to that but when you do score there it's like got a little extra special meaning to it because it is, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a tough place. I mean, because you're dealing with so many people, so many guys, so many hunters and it's, and you know, it's, I mean, it's big, but it's not like, you know, I I think people imagine it to be a lot bigger than what it really is. No, once you, you know, once you get so many guys, I mean, it's, it's those bucks there. If you can go in and, and and I mean, I'll, I'll stand on this. If you can go in and kill a, a mature buck on that front and you can consistently do it, you're doing something. I mean, you, you are in my opinion, next level because yeah, you could get lucky and get one for sure. That happens all the time, but to consistently have it figured out and do what some of the guys that I know in there are doing and see how they're doing it that's that's next level stuff i mean that's a yeah there's there's a few (laughs) there's a few iconic hunts you know throughout the west i think and that's that's it's kind of got its own um it's got its own nuance and its own thing and its own struggles and yeah yeah it's 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 you know the the mental game there is you know dealing with the pressure of other hunters Yep. And the, the, the yep. micro, the micro topography, you know, Mark, my buddy, Mark oh, always, yeah. yeah, he always talks about, you know, how there's, you know, you can't just get away from everything because you go up over the yep. next mountain and down in the bottom, there's another main major road, you know, and it just, it's yep. such a, such a unique little micro, uh, backcountry hunt or whatever, but yeah, we, oh yeah, we got yeah, it. It, it and it's fun to, um it's fun to go in those places and just be like, you know, like for me, it was cool. Even though I was getting my teeth kicked in, it was fun to be like, man, you're in a spot where so many next level guys call home and bow hunt here and get it done here. And you know, the bucks are here. Like that's kind of like, that was like in my head every day as I'm just like, you're in a spot on a unit where there's big bucks. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not like you're, you're hunting ghosts. I mean, they're, they're there. It's just a matter of, all right, you got to turn one up and you got to figure out how to get him killed. And, uh, but it's, it's cool to hunt some of those, those same spots that get so much attention because so many, you know, giants over the years have gotten killed there. And so many guys that, you know, you know, off of social media or you've met or whatever, you know, have hunted there and killed good bucks there. And it's just, it's kind of cool to like just to actually hunt in those places, knowing who's hunted there previous and who kind of calls that home. And I mean, there's so many guys that are next level guys that hunt that unit yeah. um, that, like you said, you know, they've got it figured out. And, and, you know, the, uh, you brought up the micro 
topography it that's one thing that kind of blew me away was when i actually got there um and started kind of running ridge lines and glassing and looking at stuff the little folds and the little nooks and crannies in that unit is crazy like nothing i've ever not not that i've been on 50 backcountry bow hunts but i've you know hunted idaho and colorado and montana and arizona new mexico and i mean that unit has such a unique fold in the way the, the just the way stuff rolls and folds and little nooks and crannies. I mean, it was it was really cool to see all that and try to like pick all that apart. But it was so tough at the same time because I mean, everywhere you looked, you're like, "Yep, could be a buck bedded in that. Yep, could be one." Re- I mean, everywhere you look, you're like, "Oh yeah." definitely could be mule deer bedded right there i mean it's it it was like it was it was mind-blowing once i got there how much of that micro stuff that on google doesn't really look all that appealing but then you get there and you're like oh yeah i never really looked at that little spot look at that like you know it the the valuable thing there is it it doesn't take much to hide a big buck you know i mean it it really it really only takes you know a few hundred yards or whatever of a little crevice or a little uh you know a little mini mini basin or a mini bowl or a you know a little canyon or whatever it just you know they get really good at um tucking in tight in country like that but man we're i i feel like we could just tell hunting stories you know all day um and i i actually do want to get you on maybe we'll have to do another one and tell the story that big uh colorado buck but um yeah yeah, because there's just man there's so much to talk about but what uh what do you have what do you have coming up uh, for this, this next year, at least, what do you got, uh, planned? Yeah. So, uh, I try to go out, um, just over the years, I've gotten to be really good, uh, really good buddies with, uh, Brian Barney over at Eastman's elevated, um, man, love going out there, um, every year in the spring chasing bears around in Montana, probably gonna, um, probably will do that again this year. This will be my, let's see third or fourth year been at full draw a couple times spot and stock i mean i've just fallen in love chasing those daggone boars around in the spring man that's such a fun hunt and it's always fun to get linked up with brian so i got that um gonna have another high country colorado tag that's i mean basically every year i'm gonna have that i mean i'm just i'm just addicted to that i love it um fingers crossed should have a good elk tag in utah uh should have that extended tag come out and chase bucks in the rut um in utah uh and then the whitetail stuff man i've got whitetail and turkey hunts just kind of scattered all over the place i usually go out to uh nebraska and kansas every spring and chase turkeys around on public and then here in ohio i chase them around and then uh our whitetail season starts uh the end of it's the last saturday in september every year and it never goes out both the archery season runs clear into february so that's a that's a pretty long grind for me some years do you do more scouting for your, your whitetail stuff, would you say, or your Western stuff? Um, I mean, whitetail stuff here, um, I feel like I've got a, a pretty solid, like, kind of foundation for just kind of rolling with the season and, and okay, early on it's food sources and trying to catch them to and from and then as the rut goes on you know it's kind of like every part of the season i've already got like an established little plan that i kind of you know like already kind of have in my head of how i'm gonna hunt if this happens what i'm gonna do here you know so 
I love velvet. I do glass and watch a ton of bucks um, here in Ohio in velvet. And I try to figure out kind of each farm or each piece of property, what, what wins I'm, I'm huge on moon phase wind direction. Like I, I live and die by cameras and figuring out patterns. Um, every big buck I've killed, there was a rhyme or a reason of why he was there. And, and I've gotten hooked on figuring that out. You know, some bucks it's they're only on this certain piece of property because the wind's out of the North and that allows them to utilize the property, the best there, you know, for, for their senses or, you know, the, the, this buck's only here uh, because of the south facing slope, and he can bed here in the winter and get sun, and that's why he winters here. You know, it's so for me, it's like a big chess match of figuring out why a buck does playing what the, he does. Playing the yeah. science of it. Yep, yep, playing the science of it. Um, but scouting for the, the the western hunts. I mean, honestly, I've gotten addicted to that probably more because there's there's more to it for me because I don't know as much about it. Like. Here in Ohio, I can walk out and scout. You know, I mean, I'm a I'm a shed junkie, so I start scouting in February when I'm looking for sheds. And I mean, you know, I'll put a couple hundred miles on every spring, scouting for turkeys, scouting for deer, looking for sheds. So I'm constantly marking stuff on my phone and and making little notes and you know, kind of replaying in my mind what happened in the season, what I saw versus what I'm seeing now. Whereas out West, it's like, you know, I don't have time to go out there and spend three weeks in August and scout and then go back and hunt it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, man, I mean, I'm addicted to like Onyx and Google Earth and <laughs> go hunt. And I mean, I'm just, I'm constantly turning my mind on trying to figure out, you know, just, okay, here's your plans. Here's, you know, where can I park? Where, where, you know, where can my truck be? Where's trailheads? Where's this? Where's that? You know, so I would say the Western side has a lot more of my time consumed just because there's more that goes into it for me personally. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely do a lot of whitetail scouting though. I mean, I, I run a whole arsenal of cameras and, and, uh, it's fun. I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy all the processes that go with it. So for me, it's not like I'm working. It's, it's just fun to me, even like the e-scouting. I know a lot of guys, man, they, they don't particularly like that portion of Western hunting. Like they just don't really like sitting there looking at all that stuff. Like they, they just want to go out and hunt. But for me, that's fun. You know, I love looking at a unit being like, okay, I can hunt all this now. What am I going to do? Let's see. And just start picking it apart. Like that's, that's fun to me. Yeah. It's, 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 there's kind of an art to it. You know, there's, it's more of an art than a science mm -hmm. with, you know, where you're, how you're going to approach a, a Western unit. And, and not that there's not some science behind, you know, big bucks are going to be generally in this area or that area, but yep. there is, there's, there's a lot of moving parts and things you have to maneuver around out West. So yeah, I, I, oh, to yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. It's a, there's definitely an intricate system to the guys that are, successfully getting it done um and out west and staying one step ahead you know of of the next guy um yep you know yep. because guess what e everyone out west has on x and everyone has oh, yeah. go hunt and yep. everyone has you know eastman's and and epic yep. you know and all that all that data and stuff like that and so it's it's become that therein becomes the art um, of scouting or choosing a Western unit almost is, you know, now you have to scout people too. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny. I've, I've learned 
from my five or six years of going out there, you know, now I kind of have a little, a little checklist like for me. So I typically try to stay away from units that are close to like the, the bigger cities because they get usually more traffic because it's easy for guys to fly in, rent a car, drive an hour. So I'll try to like, in, in a way, if I can stay away from that. Um, I've also found that a lot of the quote unquote units that are getting publicized a lot, like, you know, uh, your, your, your famed units. Region G. And, yep. Okay. I know that everybody wants to go there or like 55 in Colorado. That's a, that's another, you know, everybody wants to go hunt mule deer in 55. Or, now the, you wa- gotta, or the Wasatch. <laughs> or the Wasatch. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Now, yeah. And so I, I've tried to, in a way, branch off those spots and go, okay, well, I know I'm never going to have like, like me personally, I'll never save up probably enough points to go hunt, like say a, a 55. Uh, I, I just, I just probably won't, but I'll start looking at surrounding units and be like, okay, well, 55, you know, it's awesome. So let's see now what's close around it that maybe doesn't get as much of the publicity, but probably going to be pretty daggone good quality there because you know unit x has such good quality and everybody wants to go there and it gets you know it gets kind of romanticized in eastman's and here and there and everybody talks about it and everybody so it's like i've sort of started kind of to like branch off with like like my own little kind of veins that are a few units away that there's no hidden gems i mean there's definitely no like hidden units especially in today's world like you know back in the nineties, I'm sure there were units that were really great that people didn't even know were really great or, or whatever. Nowadays, it's not like that, but it does seem like you can kind of sort of in a way, get away from maybe some traffic or, or, or find like a kind of your own little nook. That's not mainstreamed as much as like a unit that might be, you know, three hours to the West of you, but it's, it's, you know, they touch. So chances are, good quality here probably going to be good quality there you know similar landscapes similar feet you know like i mean i've just started to kind of piece some of that stuff together because in the beginning i was like oh i can fly into let's say denver and i can hunt one of these units that's close to denver oh this is great you know this is awesome well then i quickly realized a million other people have that same philosophy as me and those units are getting pounded even harder than other ones because it's so easy to access access them through the airport so then you know so it's just like you you just start to build kind of a little foundation for like kind of what your you know what your fancy is on how you want to approach these units and how you want to figure out where you want to go and everyone's got a different mindset and different philosophy and you know i mean and that's that's what makes it fun is everybody's got a different uh a different way of looking at it yeah and your first you know honestly your first maybe your first major trip out west you might want to aim for one of those higher profile deals you know because there's probably more information on it it's you know it's it's popular for a reason you know and if it doesn't take like like we like kind of circling back to how we started i mean if if especially if it's a unit i mean it usually goes hand in hand but like the wasatch is a good example i mean you know, it doesn't, I mean, anybody can hunt the front, you know, the way that that extended tag is set yep. up and, you know, yep. and so, and it's, it's there for a reason, you know, they're, like you said, there are big bucks and stuff and sometimes that's good, but 
yeah, it just seems like, you know, the, the more that we do this and the guys like us that are trying to do it every year and, um, you know, not, not as worried about, you know, I don't necessarily have to be in a high profile unit to find a big buck. I'm, I, I just, I just need to understand, you know, you just need to understand that there's, there's going to be, there's, there's going to be less deer or there's going to be, you know, more tags that are given out. And so you got to work harder or the back country is going to be really hard to access. or there's going to be something there, you know, a little asterisk on the unit that you've got to, you know, understand. Cause I think sometimes guys will put in for those little fringe units and get burned because they let, you know, they, on the flip side, they didn't do their research and realize why is this not, you know, as popular as unit yeah. 55 or whatever. So, oh yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's good, man. I think that's, it's been a super valuable conversation, I think. Um, but I, 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 uh, you know, I, I want to give you credit, man, for jumping on and, uh, you know, you're just like, like we kind of started. I mean, you gotta be passionate about this stuff. Otherwise, you know, people see through that. Um, and I want to give you credit for just, you know, clearly having a passion for what you're doing. Like, there's no, there's no question, like how I started the conversation kind of is, you know, you, I think you'd be doing this whether there was a podcast or a social media or a YouTube or, you know, a magazine to write for or whatever. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, man, I, it's, it's, uh, it's been awesome to, to, you know, get to jump on and, and talk with you. I feel like we've already been on 10 hunts and been best <laughs> friends for 15 years, which is, it's funny how, you know, I mean, like you, you like, you know, both of us come from sports background and you meet guys through that. And it's like, you know, you, you, you're playing an all-star game with some guys that you're it's you feel like you have a bond with forever it's weird though because i feel like the bow hunting or like the hunting circle of those guys like when i meet people that you just automatically connect with it just seems like there's such a i don't know it's weird it's like it's it's almost like you just you totally feel like you've known that person forever and you've talked to them for an hour and 30 minutes on the phone and that's you know what i mean it, it's crazy how the, the the hunting has like brought so many cool like relationships and people into my life just over because we both have a passion to go take our bow on a walk for eight days out in the mountains i mean it's it's it's, it's funny how how that you know like comes full circle but uh yeah. no man really appreciate you having me on and yeah it's been uh it's been fun i feel like we could probably do a nine hour pod a nine hour long <laughs> uh episode and wouldn't even have a problem go through a few pots of coffee and that'd probably be all we'd need <laughs> Yeah. It's just like sitting around the campfire, you know, on a hunt or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's, what's cool about the the podcast world and like, you know, the platform that you've got going on is, you know, it, it is basically like you're listening to two good buddies talk about, you know, whether it's bow hunting or out West or, or long range rifles or whatever the topic is that, you know, when you have guys on, that's the, that's that cool kind of sitting around the campfire platform. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I really, uh, really appreciate that. It's been fun to, uh, fun to follow you and, and, uh, finally jump on no doubt. Well, where, where can guys find, where can guys follow you? Um, you know, you, obviously they can find some of your articles and stuff in Peterson's and you mentioned Eastman's, um, your, is it your personal social media that you just kind of, or do you have a, you don't have like a hunting page or something like that? No, nope. I just do uh, Casper Clint on um, Instagram, and then just Clint Casper on Facebook, and uh, yeah, kind of all over the place on the writing and stuff. I mean, you know, Peterson's is kind of like home base, just because I write full time for them. But uh, 
you know, freelance for quite a few. I mean, it, it's, you know, from year to year, it's hard to tell kind of where, where I'm going to land. You know, it, it, it's, uh, kind of a toss up between, you know, um, just kind of guys that need some work and will shoot me an email or sometimes I'll pitch an idea for, Oh man, this would be cool to get a hold of Western Hunter and see if they want this or get a hold of Eastman's or, or whatever. And, uh, yeah, and love the podcast stuff. Do a lot of, you know, I'm fortunate I get to jump on with Brian over at uh, Eastman's Elevated and and do a lot of stuff. Really good buddies with the Working Class Bowhunter um, podcast. You know, best friends with all them guys. Do a lot of blog work and a lot of podcasting with them. And so that's always fun yeah. to uh, jump on there. And uh, But yeah, I mean, the podcast stuff has, has been awesome to just be able to link up with guys. Some of my best friends now are people that literally they're like, hey, man, jump on my podcast. And next thing I know, it's like, you know, we talk five times a week now, you know, and we're, we're, we're best buddies. It's seriously, it's, it's, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons that I started this. Um, but the selfish one that I've learned or that I've developed over 60 or 70 episodes now is the network of, oh yeah, you know, of just, and, and, and not at all for personal gain. Like you would think like a business network, like I'm not trying to like, but just, just like you said, just like-minded people who, you know, we share the same dreams and beliefs and, um, you know, we're after the same goals and stuff like that. And you just can't have, when you're into it, like I'm into it, you can't have too many friends like that. You know, it's like, think, think about yep. like your best friends that you, like you share the, you know, and, and before we had this type of podcast and social media where we could all connect, um, you might have, you might be lucky to have one or two guys in your hometown that were like really into it because everyone, you know, like in general, everyone likes to hunt. But what I found is if I just look at the people who are around me, even some of the guys I work with, it's like, there's guys who like to hunt. And then there's guys who love to hunt like I do. And it's like, you can't have too many of those type of guys that are on your level. You feel like, um, with your passion in your, in your life or, you know, that you can reach out to or bounce ideas off or, you know, follow them for gear, you know, or just, or just sharing their success, honestly, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, you know, rising tide lifts all boats and it's fun to just be a part. So now I'm going to be following your hunts and, you know, and all the other guys that I've had on the podcast guys and gals and stuff like that. So yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. And like I said, if we're, we're going to be homies for a long time and if you're, uh, sounds like you get out kind of around this area, you know, I'm, I'm here in, uh, Cody pal area, just, just down from Montana. So if you come through, swing through these parts, I expect you to stop in and say hi. So. Oh yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely, uh, I've got, uh, I've got Wyoming on the, uh, that's <laughs> on the, that's on the radar. I definitely, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to, ready to jump into, uh, to dive into that, uh, that, that whole new adventure. I know that's a, that's a different, that's a different, type of back country, but I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to hopefully, hopefully this year, next year, I'm going to, I'm going to land there. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what, uh, see what tag season brings, but, uh, yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to grab one of those. I, I, I'm definitely, uh, everyone's told me they're like, man, you'll love the back country there. I'm like, Oh, I know <laughs> I'm waiting. I know, uh, I know Brian, he loves, he loves Wyoming. He loves hunting over there. Um, yeah, he talks about it all the time and he's always like, Oh yeah, dude, you're, you're going to come over there and hunt and be like, yep, sure do love this state. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't worry, man. The, 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 uh, bears, you get over it, you know, after the first, the first couple nights of peeing your pants, oh, yeah. just laying there in the dark. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, 
over over there where where like where Brian's at, um, around that Madison River Valley and like Ennis. I mean, Thick. there is there are a ton Thick. of grizzlies yeah. and a ton of bears. And I mean, I've antelope hunted with him a lot, and spring bear hunted with him a lot. And um, I've got, I'm not gonna say very comfortable, but a lot more comfortable in that environment and just kind of having some confidence on knowing what kind of what to look for, what to do, kind of you know, just, just I've gained confidence in that. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, you know, definitely, uh, I, I don't know if anyone can ever say that they're actually like completely fail proof on the whole bear situation. Cause you never know what a live well, animal is going to do, but and, you know, to be honest, um, I don't think that's, I don't think that's even necessarily good because as soon as you become, I, I, yep. You know, as soon as you become complacent, you kind of let your guard yeah. down. And and we even, yep. we even almost, you know, it only took four or five days last year. And by day four or five, it was like I wasn't looking around every corner like I probably should have been. Or I wasn't thinking, you know, every step I wasn't thinking, um, okay, I'm in grizzly country like I right. was on the first right. day or two. And that's yep. probably not a good thing. You know, you probably need to be a little bit on edge. Um just, you know, not, not to where it ruins anything or affects your, your hunt or your, you know, your mind or anything like that. But just, you know, it's probably good that we, we always have that alertness and that awareness oh, yeah. in that yep. type of country. So, and, and in the back no country doubt. in general. So no doubt. Well, cool. Clint appreciate it, man. We'll, uh, yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. And if we, uh, you get a chance to get out this way, look forward to, uh, to shaking your hand and stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. Me too. Likewise. Okay. Well, appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Okay. See you, Clint. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.